the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Now check this out. Not only were these guys not baptizing the Holy Spirit, they were not baptizing water either. How do you know? Because where he says in Acts 19 verse 5 that he baptized them in the name of Jesus, that is what it is. Water baptism. The only baptism this guy had received was getting saved. The baptism of repentance. The baptism of John. That's all they had undergone. They had not undergone water baptism or received the Holy Spirit, which again, usually that's the process. You get saved, get baptized in water, and you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's usually the process. Now, naturally, if some of you are asking, how do you know? I can't, I can't just take your word for it. So just because you said, just because you said in Acts 19 verse 5, it says that he, they, they got baptized in the name of Jesus. Just because you said it's water, I'm not going to take it. That's good. That's good. You shouldn't take it. You shouldn't take my word for it. You need to look at scripture to find out if that's true. And that's why I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 10. I'm not going to, going to go through the whole story, but from verses 47 to 48, and I'm just going to give you an overview of the story. And this story is the first time, as far as we know, in scripture where the process was re- reversed. They got filled with the Holy Spirit before they got baptized in water. This is the only instance in scripture where you see that happening, where people got baptized in the Holy Spirit before they got baptized in water. However, in Acts 10, 47 to 48, Peter said, since this people have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like we have, what forbids us or what prevents us from baptizing them in water? Then he commanded them to baptize them in the name of Jesus. Voila. <laughs> That's how I knew that in Acts 19 verse 5 where it says they were baptized in the name of Jesus, it means they were also baptized in water. Okay? So, I just wanted to share give that little background. The next question is who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God. God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know much about the Father, we know much about the Holy I mean, we know much about the Son, but a lot of times we don't know much about the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Some people don't like the word Trinity, Trinity because it's not in Scripture, but the word Godhead is in Scripture, okay? He's the third person. God exists in three, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are one. They agree in one. They operate in unison. They are one. Okay. In John 16, we're going to go that briefly, but the Father and the Son, they are in heaven and the Holy Spirit is here on earth. Okay. Taking care of business. In John 16, 13, Jesus spoke. Jesus said, when he, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. 
He only speaks what he hears, and he will tell you things to come. Okay? Who is the Holy Spirit? Jesus refers to him as the Spirit of Truth. We are in an era where we are appreciating more about grace, grace, grace. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Grace. He is the Spirit of Truth. Some of his names are Advocate, Helper, Counselor, Standby. All these are different names that are attributed to the Holy Spirit, okay? But Jesus said something profound. He said, when He, not it, the Holy Spirit is a He, not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person, not Casper the friendly ghost. The Holy Spirit is a He. He is a person. And He will guide you into all the truth. Not one truth, not two truths, not three truths, all the truth. So I don't know about you, but if the Holy Spirit will guide <laughs> me and you into all truth, then part of that truth must include the person I'm supposed to marry. Part of that truth must include how to meet that person. Part of that truth must include how to interact with that person. Part of that truth must include how to discern and identify that person. So I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm trying to hook up with the Holy Spirit, not just because I want to get married, even though that might be the main motivation for a lot of people, but I want to hook up with this Holy Spirit so that it will help me out because I've been trying a whole bunch of stuff and it ain't working. I said, you have the Holy Spirit. Everything else can fail. Everything else can fall, but the Holy Spirit never messes up because he's God. Okay, so you want the Holy Spirit. He guides into all the truth. And he says that he does not speak on his own. Some translations say he doesn't speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit only speaks what the Father says. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is submissive. The fact that he doesn't speak on his own authority, letting us know he does have authority, but he only speaks what the Father says, which lets us know he's submissive. I say this because a lot of people are frantic about receiving the Holy Spirit, just kind of like what Tim alluded to earlier. Oh, we're going to act crazy. We're going to act real stupid, and I don't want that. Listen, more often than not, when people do that, it is them, not the Holy Spirit. It is the people, not the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not make you do what you do not want to do. He will not force you to do what you do not want to do. Any spirit that forces you, makes you do what you do not want to do is not the Holy Spirit. It's a demonic spirit. That's why we are told the spirit is holy, set apart, different. This is not that kind of spirit. This is God himself. Okay? So, the Holy Spirit does not speak on his own authority. He speaks what he hears. He speaks 
what he hears. He speaks what he hears. So you have received, if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, meaning you have the Holy Spirit in control of your life, and the Holy Spirit speaks what he hears from the Father, then you have access to what the Father is saying. You have access to what the Father is saying to you and about you. You have access what the Father wants for you because he only speaks to you what he hears the Father say about you, about who you are, about who you're supposed to be in relationship, about who you're not supposed to be in relationship, about how to approach love and romance and marriage and all that kind of stuff. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, man, I want the Holy Spirit. He only speaks what he hears. And it says, and this is just one verse, John 16, 13, because there's a whole lot more to the Holy Spirit. There's just a snippet. He tells you things to come. He tells you things to come. Now, for most of us who want to get married, how many of you know that you can't put marriage under the umbrella of things to come? Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. Now, of course, as human beings, we're thinking of it from our human perspective. Like you sit down with your girlfriend or your boy, like, yo, man, this is what's happening. Tomorrow, this is what's going to happen at this time and everything like that. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You need to spend time in the God's presence. And there's a process. And before, uh, often God brings something to you. He, he, he brings things out of you. You know, there's a process. You know, God is like, yeah, I know you want to, you want to do that, but let's, let's take care of this first. Okay. That's part of the Holy Spirit's job as a convictor. In fact, in John 16, I believe it's in 7 to 13, it talks about he convicts the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. He convicts, uh, he convicts the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. That's part of what he does. But just wanted to share that with you. That's who the Holy Spirit is. In addition, in Ephesians 4.30, the Bible says, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We shouldn't grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, apparently the Spirit could be grieved. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can sadden the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Some translations say, Don't put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Like, wait a minute. You mean you and I could quench the Spirit? We can stop Him? Yes, we can. Which reinforces that he is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. Don't go out with her. Don't go out. Don't. I know she's hot. Don't go, stay away from him. He's no good for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. The Holy Spirit will tell you. But we can't stop him. We can hold him back. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He's not going to force himself on you. He's a gentleman. Grieving him is not always about doing something wrong, which is part of it, but grieving him as in he wants the best for you and here you are not following his guidelines and hurting yourself in the process. And when you hurt yourself, you hurt him. Okay? 
That's who we're talking about here. We're not talking about something crazy or psycho or otherworldly. This is the Holy Spirit. He can be grieved. He can be stopped. That is who we're talking about. Having said all of these things, I want to finish with this. What is the big deal about the Holy Spirit? I mean, obviously, I've shared a lot of big deals about him, but why should I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why? What is the big deal about that? I want to give you six reasons why. These are not the only reasons, but these reasons are very important. These are not the only reasons, but these are basic fundamental reasons why we should receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? Number one, in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39, and I'm kind of quoting from, I'm paraphrasing from the Kingdom's version. It talks about after some kind of feast, Jesus spoke up and said, He who believes in me, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. And by rivers of living water, the scripture says he was referring to the Holy Spirit who had not been given yet because Jesus had not died and all that kind of stuff yet. The scripture goes on to say in verse 39 that he was referring to the Holy Spirit who those who believe in him should receive. That's the King James Version. Other versions say that the Holy Spirit who they were later to receive. But I prefer the King James Version where it says, the Holy Spirit who those that believe in him should receive. Number one, why should I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because God wants you to have it. God wants us to have it. That's number one. If God has something for you, <laughs> there's a purpose behind it. There's a reason behind it. It is for your benefit. God wants us to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Prior to Jesus ascending back to heaven, he told the disciples, go to Jerusalem, wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Don't do anything. Don't preach. Don't travel. Don't do anything until you get the Holy Spirit. I think the same can be said about marriage. Don't get married. Don't even date anybody yet. <laughs> wait to receive the Holy Spirit. He will save you <laughs> from a lot of pain and a heartache. <laughs> a lot of heartbreak. Okay, God wants you to have the Holy Spirit. That's number one. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.